With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Edmonton Oilers are coming out of their NHL bye week, having ended it with two wins, both on the road. The trip was punctuated by an experience in Las Vegas, where the packed arena and the engaged fans of both the expansion Golden Knights and the Oilers made for a memorable time. The end of the trip, wins over Vegas and the Arizona Coyotes, provided a taste of what the Oilers can accomplish. But now, the question is, how will the Oilers react after the bye week? The parade of built-in breaks in their schedule, at Christmas, this week's five-day break, and the upcoming All-Star break have the potential to sap momentum, as we've already seen with their post-Christmas slump. I'm Craig Ellingson. I talked to hockey beat writer Jim Matheson, who was on the trip with the Oilers in Arizona and Las Vegas, about these things and more in our Oil Spills podcast for January 18th, 2018. The experience in Las Vegas with the Oilers' first game there, um, I think we knew ahead of time that quite a few Oilers fans were going to be in attendance, coming from Edmonton mostly, I think. But did you expect to see that that scene at T-Mobile Arena on the, on the Saturday, January 13th? Did you, were you anticipating that at all? Uh, not really, although I think a lot of people look at the schedule and also realize that it was Connor McDavid's birthday. And maybe they could, you know, it would be a kind of a nifty thing to go down there. Um, there was way more people than I thought. And then, you know, some of those Oilers fans, or most of them came from Edmonton, but I think that maybe some of them drove up from from uh, Arizona as well. And a lot of them actually were in Arizona for the, both games and then drove up for the Saturday game in, in Las Vegas. So great support. And uh, if, anything, if nothing else, the Oilers travel well their fans and I, if you know there's one more time to go to Vegas uh, middle of uh, February so uh, if you're uh, caught any wind of how much fun it was in January I, I would suspect you may want to book 
trip to Vegas the next time the Oilers are there too. So uh, great atmosphere, well-run uh, um, game night production uh, by the Golden Knights, a really good team, and uh, fun had by all you know, with the Oilers fans getting to see a, a rare victory by an opposing team uh, in Vegas. Now, you know, obviously this is Vegas's first year in the NHL. They're an expansion team, and they're far exceeding everyone's expectations in terms of their on-ice performance. I wonder how much of this is uh, of the fan interest. Like, you wrote a story uh, this week about the Vegas Golden Knights experience and how, you know, they had 2,000 people at their practice coming off their bye week, and they had a fan fest on Sunday, which crowded out the downtown Fremont Street's experience with the red carpet treatment and all. I mean, I can't help but wonder, what if Vegas, you know, what if the team had not come out of the gates like this? Maybe the fans' interest would be a little less. But at the same time, you know, that's quite the showing in a U.S. city in, you know, in the middle of the desert. It's not a Canadian market, but I think it's pretty encouraging, at least if you're an you know, if you're the NHL. Well, I think that I think um, I thought there would be a learning curve like there were with the fans uh, in Nashville when they got a team there, and the fans went to the games, but they had to be educated on what the games were all about, and they went for the entertainment value more than knowing much about the sport. I think the, the Vegas fan, you know, there's lots of people who live in Vegas are from. Detroit or Chicago or Boston or Philadelphia and they moved there and they didn't get much hockey fix apart from watching on TV and now there's a team there and while they want to go and watch their former uh, team whether you're Philadelphia or Boston or Detroit play they're also hockey fans and they go to the games and I think coming out of the gate certainly helped them um, you know if they you know, if they played their first Months like the uh, Arizona Coyotes played, say, and lost every game, it might be a much tougher sell. But I also think Vegas is an entertainment city, and the fans go to be entertained, and the, and the score doesn't matter quite so much. I guess it's like AAA baseball. You go to be entertained, and whatever happens, you know, in terms of the score, it's not quite as important. But, you know, they do win, and they're an entertaining team to watch. I think they drafted very well. They drafted for today's NHL smaller skilled fast players competitive players and, and unlike some teams that get stuck with players with high contracts they can't move and they're nowhere near the player they once were or the game changes and you, you know you have some slower players their players for the most part are pretty fast built for today's league and, and um they play every game like it's a playoff game if they ever if they do get to the playoffs um i don't think they're gonna have to change the way they play because they've been playing that way from the start so that's encouraging and if they get into the playoffs you know they're drawn you know their capacity for seats is 17.5 and they're well over 18,000 a lot of nights so um they may be up towards 19,000 if they make the playoffs which is tremendous where do they fit them all well, they have standing room. They have a bunch of standing room seats in, in the ends, and uh, they jam them in. They they find room for them. So when the, and on the way to the rink, there's half a dozen bars, you know, outside the New York New York Hotel and such that with a big, you know, um, kind of like 
like an LA live feel to it and and before you even get to the rink you have a couple of drinks and so they're partying before the game starts now you were on the road with the orders these last couple of games the back-to-back games uh you know Phoenix first then Vegas and the orders did win both games I mean they came back to win against Phoenix and uh what did you see from the orders in these two games uh, I saw a more determined team, but I think that, that, that they were determined in Nashville as well. The game before lost two one. I thought they played really well against a really good team, but didn't win, and they carried it over. Now, um, they still the only disturbing point is they, they tend to fall behind in too many games in the first period, as they did in, in Arizona, but managed to win it because Arizona is not a very good team. They only won five home games all year, so. But at least they won the game, and they had to win the game. They had to win both these games on the weekend, really, to stay in, in within playoff range. They're still under, you know, that magic number of double figures in terms of trying to catch playoff spot. They're still under that eight or nine points. Still too many, too many, really. But they're within. You know, I'm sure they can grab hold of that and say, you know, it's only three or four wins, and they can somehow make the playoffs. But at least they proved uh, a they could come back against an Arizona team, and b they could beat the best home team in the league the next night in a back to back. So, you know, a little taste of what the Oilers can do. But as we all know, the Oilers have had great trouble with consistency this year. And, and coming out of break, the last break, they they won four in a row to get to 500, and then proceeded to lose four. So. We'll see how they do when they play Vancouver on Saturday, whether they can keep it going. It is almost unfortunate we have all these breaks. I mean, they come, you know, inside the space of a month. We have the Christmas break, three days, mind you. But then, of course, we have this bye week, and then, you know, they play the three games, and then they're right into the All-Star break. You know, how how much does that affect the team? Well, I mean, if you get your rest as a player, but you can't get any, any, uh, um, in a role either. If you, you know, you're, you're play a couple of games, win them, and then you got to stop and then start again. There's a lot of stopping and starting. Um, they're not the only team that's going through this. There, there's lots of teams also getting the five-day bye week, you know, in January before the All-Star break. And the bye weeks, you know, don't start until January. So there's a lot of stopping and starting for teams. Now, the team that probably you know, is most unhappy with the bye week is Calgary. They won seven in a row. They want to keep playing. They don't want any time off. They want to keep playing. So, um, but, um, it's, you know, there's not much you can do about this. The schedule maker says you take the time off and then you have to get back and, and try to get back on a horse. And the owners are playing Vancouver on Saturday and then a bad Buffalo team, uh, you know, that's, second worst team in the league by points and then Calgary before the all-star break so you know if they could somehow win those three games they should beat Vancouver and Buffalo um, at home and Calgary's certainly going to be a much sterner task but if they could somehow get it up to five wins in a row at least you know they could say okay we're about 50 points we're not that far out of it uh, and we can make a bit of a charge but if, if these next three games if they just you know Stumble, go one one and one or something like that. Then I think they're toast. Now the pressure certainly. I mean, the pressure's been on for a while now, but obviously it gets extremely acute as we, 
you know, watch the numbers float around and we watch the gap get bigger and bigger as the season goes on. Well, when they're when the orders got their bye week, the other teams are playing. So the problem is, you know, the orders, you know, get their rest and go and have some fun someplace else. But while they're sitting, the other teams are playing and getting points and they're falling farther behind. And they've played 46 games. They've played more games than a lot of, you know, pretty much everybody in the West except St. Louis. You know, they have 36 games left. Some teams got 40 games left. So, yeah, that the, the number of teams they have to jump over and the games in hand is, is problematic for sure. But, um, you know, it's, it's you hate to be in a mathematical situation right now where you're taking a look at, okay, last year it was 94 points made the playoffs, then the owner's got to win. 25 games you know to get to you know 93 points so that's a lot of wins in 36 games and, and but you know while you, you want to keep it small and the coaches always say we'll just play one game at a time or we'll, we'll break the season down into five game segments the the bottom line is the owner's still going to have to get about 93 or 94 points so in 36 games so can they win 25 games out of those I don't know if that's pretty tall order for a team that's under 500 now. Now, the three uh, points of the last two games of the road trip that you were on, for the Oilers, you know, number one, the play of Darnell Nurse, he did score in both games. He was a big factor in the Oilers' offense. Uh, of course, you know, the continued terrific play from Connor McDavid, he's he's on the same, he's on pace to score about the same as he did last year. His Art Ross trophy winning season last year. And also, you know, uh, maybe even Surprise! We got to see Al Montoya uh, get a, a bunch of work in the Arizona game, and of course he came in in relief of Cam Talbot, who uh, had a shaky start to that game. What can you, you know, Darnell Nurse? Obviously, he's one of the bright spots on this team this year. I'd say he's the brightest spot on the team uh, of young players. Of the young players, he stepped into where he's a first pairing defenseman now with whomever, Adam Larson or whoever he plays with, Chris Russell. Um, I don't know if he's a top-pairing NHL defenseman down the road. You know, you have to, you know, do an awful lot to be a top-pairing defenseman playing 24, 25 minutes every game. But he's come up to the point where he's certainly no worse than a, you know, a three-year, number three, defenseman with some of the offense he's giving so um, he's got four goals the last four games you know two game winners in a row because he got the game winner in Arizona too so in the third period so um, yeah he's been tremendous and he seems to have he have figured out okay I can transport the puck from point A to point B and once it gets into the other team's end whereas before you you seem like he, he had trouble processing okay now what do I do with it because he was a young player he makes a nice play to, to a player or takes it farther himself and then and then dishes it off around the goal line so he's learning how to play with the puck and certainly defensively you know I would say in the 46 games he's played this year maybe he's had half a dozen where you, at the end of the night you could say oh that wasn't a very good game but that's pretty good for a young defenseman so he's a right spot uh, McDavid on the road trip certainly the last two games it was like he he was possessed he wanted to puck the whole game and uh, was going to do something with it and got uh, two assists in Arizona and two assists in Vegas so he'll probably still wind up with 100 points this year and uh, 
he's he's doing what he can do and in terms of Montoya um, I thought he did excellent uh, work coming in for Talvin in Arizona uh, three minutes in and not giving up another goal and while he says the backup goal he doesn't go into a game saying okay I can't give up another goal that is the goal for the coaching staff and everybody else is just to not let the other team get another one and get up 3 nothing. And they never did get up 3 nothing. The others came back and won 4-2. So um, I don't know how many starts he'll get because I think the key to the Oilers actually and from now until the end of the season is trying to find last year's Cam Talbot and this year's Cam Talbot. If he can get back in these last 36 games to the Cam Talbot who played 73 games last year, um, the Oilers have a chance. And this year has been a very uneven year for Cam. He's had uh, 14 games, I think, where he's allowed two or fewer goals and 12 games where he's allowed four or more. So um, not much middle ground there. He has to get back to giving up two goals a game, say, in the next 20 of the next 36 at least. And if that's the case, the Oilers got a chance. You know, the one one more thing I wanted to bring up with you today is, uh, you know, we didn't talk about it last week and we're on the podcast, but, uh, you know, Canada has announced its uh, Olympic hockey team for uh, Pyeongchang. And uh, I know that obviously people won't be watching it nearly as closely as, as if we had NHL players playing in that. Obviously, there are a few order connections to this Canadian Olympic hockey team. There's Goalie Ben Scrivens, one-time Oilers goalie. Shelbetter Brule will be playing. Rob Klinkhammer's another one. You know, briefly an Oiler. I know I'm missing somebody. Derek Roy. Thank you. I would expect you might have some interest in seeing how those players do. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I got to be honest. I don't think I'd be watching the Olympic Games as closely as I would if if they were all NHL players. But the caliber game should still be even because players playing for all the teams they're not national hockey league players you know the russian the russian team might be still be strongest because i think they're going to gather most of their team from two teams in their league um you know this you know sky and uh, red army team in moscow and and uh team in st petersburg um so that, you know they might have a leg up because those players play together all the time but I think the caliber, you know, the games won't be as, as um, skill-wise won't be as good, obviously, but I think they'll be competitive. And I don't see any reason why Canada's team can't still fight for a, you know, a medal. I don't know, I don't know if they're going to win a gold medal, but they can fight for a medal. And the players that are there, you know, it's it's their, you know, their bucket list, you know, going to the Olympics. They're going to the Olympics, and it's like it used to be back in... Uh, late 60s where you know you had a national team and then you know in 1988 you know the Olympics in Calgary and such so, so you know they did they did okay so I'm happy for those former other players you know it's their, their shot at, at wearing a, a Canadian jersey and, and um, you know out of sight out of mind I guess when you're you're over playing in the KHL as as Griffins is and as Klinkhammer is and as Gilbert Brule is and Derek Roy plays in, in uh, um, Sweden but you're still out of sight out of mind when you play in Europe now for at least the next couple of weeks people will uh, will again know 
um, where they are. It'll all be wearing a Canadian jersey. That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can subscribe to our show on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm Craig Ellingson. Talk to you soon.